Mental Wellness Mondays is brought to you by Bon V. For more information about how Bon V is supporting mental health in Zimbabwe, head on over to twobrokedwimbles.com forward slash Bon V or check out Bon V on social media. That's Bon V Medical on all platforms. Welcome back to the Mental Wellness Monday segment of Two Broke Trimbles. And once again, um, thanks to the lovely Dr. Nyerai, we have an illustrious guest, uh, a person of academia, of, of intelligence and expertise. Uh, <laughs> we have none other than Dr. Inesu Chino Perequi. She's a psychiatrist who specializes in drugs and substance abuse. Hello, Doc. How are you doing this evening? Great, I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, so, yes, as, as Dr. Pawini might have uh, uh, briefed you, we wanted to discuss stress, stress management. And particularly, like, I'm particularly stressed that my co-host doesn't pitch up on time. Um, so I think today, if we could dedicate our session just to, to, just, just to pulling him down and finding helpful tools that I can use in dealing with him being tardy, um, so any advice you have would be appreciated right now. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Phil, for that. Um, maybe just to start, uh, it's, just, it's important to realize that stress um, affects our way of life. It affects the way one functions. It affects the way how, how one handles their social lives, their work life, their spiritual lives. So um, failure to manage stress actually um, causes uh, a widespread detriment in all areas of life. And if uh, persistently or continuously unmanaged, it can lead to mental health illnesses uh, such as depression, uh, such as suicide, such as alcohol and substance abuse. So I think um, all this highlights the importance of managing one's stress. So I'm not going to talk about... um, things which are very foreign, but they are things that we all know, but maybe which need reinforcement in our lives uh, once every while. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is sleep. Um, But maybe before I I talk about sleep, I want us to realize that when when the human body is under a lot of stress, there is a lot of uh, hormonal responses um, uh, which occurs inside the body. And this results in uh, persistently elevated um, cortisol hormones, uh, adrenaline, and uh, it also results in a, in, a, in a state of persistent inflammation of the body, okay? And all of these things, um, this, this continued or persistent stress uh, response then affects our brain and our outers or affects the way we think and the way we make decisions. So... How do we manage this stress? The first thing I want to talk about is sleep. We all know that humans sleep. We all know that humans uh, wake up in their lifetime as, as long as they are not in a coma or as long as they haven't died, okay? But why is sleep important? You find that um, during uh, a good sleep, one actually goes through uh a slow wave sleep as well as um, uh, REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. And during uh, the slow wave sleep, that is a time whereby the brain regenerates. Um, Contrary to past beliefs that once you are an adult, your brain cells remain 
the way they are, nothing changes. Actually, what happens in our brains is that there is a, 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 a persistent renewing of our, of our neurons, especially the hippocampus, which is uh, used for memory. And also um, the, nev- the connections that are made, the neuronal pathways that then uh, are formed and, and uh, they are the ones which sort of influence our future behaviors. So all those uh, regenerative brain processes are constantly going on inside our brains and especially whilst we are asleep. So uh, this highlights the importance of a good sleep. So what is a good sleep? A good sleep, number one, is the, t- t- uh, the duration, how much time have you been asleep? It's not just about saying, I went to bed at 8, even though I finally slept at 12, so I've been asleep for 8 hours. No, it's about the time that you actually start sleeping. Not the t- We don't include the time whereby you were just lying on your bed, okay? So real sleep, uh, and, and a, 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 a child, uh, in say, let's say in primary school, they need about 8, 9, 10 hours of sleep every day. And adults, we need about seven to eight hours of sleep every day. Deep sleep, sound sleep, okay? So if you find that you are not uh, reaching those seven to eight hours as an adult, or that you are persistently waking up in the middle of the night, what we call intermittent insomnia, or you are waking up too early in the morning, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you are already awake, you can't go back to bed, what we call terminal insomnia, all those things, they need to be addressed because if they are not addressed, uh, it, it perpetuates your chronic stress leading to mental health issues. So sleep is number one. Number two, exercise. Okay. I know that we talk about it a lot, but most of us don't realize the importance of exercise. So when we are exercising, our bodies, they produce endorphins, they produce endocannabinoids, and those things are important in terms of lifting our mood as well as in terms of um, helping us to sleep better at night. Uh, and also those um, uh, endorphins and, endo- and endocannabinoids, uh, they help re- relieve uh, the stresses that one may be going through in life. So exercise is important. So what do we mean when we say exercise? Um, The the humans, uh, we need about 30 minutes of uh, mild to moderate intensity exercise every day. So that can be brisk walking, that can be a jog, it can be a swim, it can be basketball, it can be tennis. So we we need to make sure that we include um, exercise in our daily schedules. And then the next thing that I'm going to talk about is a healthy diet, okay? As I said, I'm not talking about complex things. I'm just talking about the things that we have always known, but maybe that we ignore every once in a while. So why is a healthy, what is a healthy diet? A healthy diet comprises of a lot of fruits and vegetables. And um, in terms of carbohydrates, we, it's better to have uh, unrefined carbohydrates. Um, the, 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 the more natural that form of carbohydrate is, the better for you, okay? And the less processed it is, the better for you. And then um, we also need to have sources of protein, 
okay, just a balanced diet and healthy fats. And we need to avoid caffeine, okay? We need to avoid sugary drinks, sugary foods. We need to avoid sweets, confectionaries, and, you know, I'll call it junk food, but fast foods, really, yeah. So, usually, if you find yourself um, eating a lot of these fast foods or diverging from a healthy diet to, you know, and and, um, going towards those unhealthy types of foods, it usually also has an impact on your mental health and on the uh, your ability to handle stresses okay and then we 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 go on to social relatedness and interactions human bodies human beings are social beings we cannot live in isolation and remain healthy we need to constantly um, have feedback from those around us and we need co- to constantly say things to those around us that helps uh, especially when someone is undergoing a lot of stresses talking about it not even a professional uh, therapist but just talking about what you are going through it uh, 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 takes away quite a lot away from whatever stresses uh, it is you may have been going through and um, also it is important for people to just learn some self-help techniques like uh, when a person is under a lot of stress there's a tendency to have these negative thoughts coming I'm useless, I can't make it Uh, there's so much to be done in such a little time I think I've already failed and we call those negative thoughts so it's important to recognize that um, you you are thinking of negative thoughts or your body is producing negative thoughts and to try to find you know um, to try to challenge those negative thoughts. So, for example, you may feel like, ah, I'm such a failure. But if you tell yourself that, no, I can do it. Uh, in fact, I know that I passed my grade seven, so I'm not a failure. I know that I have managed to buy groceries at the shops. Therefore, I am not a failure. You know, finding all those reasons uh, that that prove that you are not whatever that negative thought is telling you. It, it helps a lot. Uh, so it's important to be mindful always of what we are thinking at the back of our minds because that in itself can add stress to you or it can actually make whatever stress that you are uh, experiencing um, to perpetuate or to, or to worsen. And then... Um, we also need to have some, in, in, as part of self-management, to make time for ourselves, okay? So many a times you, people uh, spend or overspend themselves uh, doing things for other people, worrying about their kids, their husbands, their wives, uh, worrying about their relatives, worrying about uh, their churchmates, not having gone to this church, not having uh, managed to do this for someone. But it is quite important to create a me time. On a daily basis, you need to set aside time that you say is for yourself. And during that space or that safe space, you shut yourself from the world. You concentrate on how you are feeling. You concentrate on um, 
on, on, on relaxation techniques that I will talk about uh, in brief, I think is the next point, uh, which then brings us to... Uh, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> Can I ask a couple of questions? Um, you know, sure. culturally, um, so culturally, you know, you're talking about me time and, you, you know, your, your, your clients that come to see you. We, we live... Uh, culturally, we are for other people, right? There's, this me time thing is relatively new. How do you um, educate or help somebody to kind of learn how to have me time? You know, if you think about a lot of people, they're living in, you know, multifamily homes or there's a lot of people carving out your me time is very challenging. So how do people manage to do that? Okay. Um Thank you so much for such a question and very, very pertinent, especially in our culture. Um, and, and yes, people don't get to have that me time because one, they don't know what it is or wh- why it helps. And two, those around them may not understand if you tell, if they are told, uh, please don't disturb me. I'm in my room for the next 30 minutes or for the next 40 minutes. People may not understand that, but uh, you can take a walk during your me, me time, remove yourself from that environment whereby people expect so much of you. Take a walk uh, in nature, go for a long drive and just concentrate on yourself. Um, even get time to meditate uh, away from home or if the people at home understand that um uh, you are like, maybe if you tell them I'm meditating or I'm having a session or like a prayer session or any other forms of meditation by myself. Hello? Hello? Oh, I think we lost her. Okay. Spend time with yourself. Oh. So, sorry, Doc. Um, your connection dropped out for uh, a couple of seconds. So uh, I think um, let's, let's, let's double back. I think, well, there's so much that you, that you covered. So, like, I think let, let's let's focus on sleep first and foremost. Um, you, you'd, you'd mentioned like REM sleep and slow wave sleep. Um, there are a, a few people um, who struggle to sleep. I mean, we live in a very stressful environment, particularly in Zimbabwe, and they might feel you know just just before bed a little nightcap, you know, may, may, maybe a glass of wine, maybe a little bit of a of a cocktail just to to, to help me sleep. Um, as a professional, um, does alcohol help you sleep better? <laughs> well, um, alcohol in and of itself is a central nervous system depressant. Okay, so it downs the, 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 the neuronal processes and maybe in by that way it can sort of um, facilitate sleep, but that's an unhealthy way of sleeping. And usually... Actually, you may laugh when I tell you this. Um, people who use too much alcohol find it difficult to sleep without a glass of wine or without taking some alcohol. So it becomes a vicious process or a vicious cycle. One drinks a lot, maybe during the day or during certain times. Then at night, they take the alcohol to help them sleep. But that is unhealthy, as I, as I have said. So what needs to happen is, number one, you need to drink healthy quantities of alcohol. What is a healthy quantity of alcohol? Not more than two units per day 
for men and two units um, is maybe like one shot of a whiskey or one pint of a lager. Ah, okay? dog, ah, or dog, no, one dog. <laughs> ah, no, wait a minute here. Yeah. <laughs> they sell a six pack. How am I supposed to leave four beers in the fridge? No, dog. Really? <laughs> yeah, you know, you you really be surprised at how much alcohol abuse is um, rampant in society because we don't know what healthy drinking is. We actually offer drink. So yeah, only one measure. You know, each each type of alcohol has its own measure or its own quotes in quotes for a brandy, for a whiskey, for a cherry, for a, um, you know, you name it. Each one has its own measure. And one measure of that is actually two units. And you can't, it's not healthy to have more than two units of that per day. So if it's a lager, not more than one pint, okay? So that's number one. Okay, okay. But no, but dog, what if I save up? So like we say Monday to Friday, I don't touch anything. And then I, I cash out for the, the weekly supply on Saturday. Is that fine? Unfortunately, it's not like a banking system. Because, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> we are saying um, when you take in alcohol, it is metabolized in the liver. And your liver can only handle so much. So when you overload it at once in, uh, with so much alcohol, we then call that binge drinking. So even though you have not been drinking for the whole week, but you've had three six packs of um, of pills now, or you've had a whole bottle of whiskey, you have binge drunk, and that is a hazardous way of consuming alcohol. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I think we've ascertained that Doc is no fun. Um, (laughs) Secondly, okay. So now back to back to serious topics about sleep. If someone is struggling to sleep, um, what are some healthy practices that they can engage in to to help them um, regulate and get that that seven to eight hours of sleep that they need? Yes, uh, the, thank you so much for that question. Um, we, we call it sleep hygiene, okay? Just like dental hygiene, there's a particular way of doing it, a particular frequency, a particular type of gadget to use. So sleep hygiene is all about uh, analyzing our sleep to find that it's healthy. And it involves, one, limiting the amount of alcohol, Number two, limiting the amount of caffeine. We find caffeine in certain teas, in coffees, and in certain chocolates. So limiting uh, them um, helps. And then we also have, um, again, the healthy diet. That also also helps. And then we go on to the exercise. You remember I spoke of um, how exercise helps you to then feel uh, tired enough at night to sleep. So exercise is good for mental health in various ways, including in managing sleep. And then there is um, the gadgets that we have. Uh, it's important to avoid all electronic, uh, all use of electronics 
uh, about 30 minutes to 60 minutes before bedtime. So don't go in bed holding your phone, looking at that blue light, uh, doing the WhatsApp, uh, you know, that, because that blue light, it actually um, activates some neurons and that impedes sleep. So when you are going to bed, it's important to put your phone on silent, put it away from you, make sure that that blue light or whatever kind of light is not affecting you, and make sure that you are not touching your phone uh, in the last 30 to, to, to 60 minutes of, of going to bed. And then there's also the ritualistic behavior. You know, our brains, we are, we are trained that if we do things this way, it will lead to this, okay? So sometimes establishing a routine around bedtime, like I, you can read a book, okay, you can brush your teeth, um, then read your book, then uh, have a prayer, and then sleep. That routine, uh, making it a ritualistic or a constant uh, routine, it can help to manage uh, sleep problems. And then um, there's also the issue of when you go to bed and you find that you are in bed but you are not sleeping, it's been 40 minutes and you are not sleeping. Yes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's important to get out of bed, do something uh, relaxing, maybe listen to relaxing music, maybe um, do some, some, some yoga stretches, some calming exercises, etc., until you feel sleepy. So we're trying to train your brain that whenever you go into bed, it's time for sleep. Because if you are, actually we say use your bed only for sex and sleep. Nothing else. This is a family podcast here, Doc. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, he's making fun of you. It's okay. He's really happy to hear that. <laughs> Excuse you. I, I, I am a man of God. Okay. Um, as you can see, you see, I told you, look at him. You see, just late, just, just meandering into the studio, well into the, the, the recording process. So, wow, Doc, uh, first and foremost, um, only if you're married, please, people, you know, the, the marital bed is sacred. Yeah, <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, <laughs> and secondly, let's say I'm doing everything you've mentioned. I, I'm trying to get as much sleep as possible. I have a routine. My phone is on the other side of the bed. When I get into bed, there's no, the, there's no blue light photons um, hitting hitting my eyes at all. But I'm still struggling to sleep. You know, stress. Um, and then and then maybe I turn to drugs. Um, what is your professional opinion on drugs like melatonin to help with sleep? Um. I have nothing against melatonin and we are prescribing it because you need it. Okay. Um, so we, we as, as I have said, uh, chronic insomnia is not good for the brain. It's not good for mental health. So if that is a symptom, like it's been three months of poor quality sleep, then we need to prescribe something. And I've got nothing against melatonin. But we are also saying that um, whilst we are using melatonin, we are also trying to develop good behavioral uh, uh, techniques of managing the insomnia. 
so that we can win you off the melatonin over time and by then you would have established a proper sleep routine. Otherwise, I've got nothing against melatonin, but I do have um, many things against benzodiazepines, you know, the diazepam, or even uh, some of the um, sleep aids, Zopiclone, uh, Zopidem, Zopiclone, Zopidem, they are good. Sometimes I do prescribe them, but for a very limited amount of time. You don't want people to be on them chronically. Okay. What about some like over-the-counter remedies and recommendations? Like um, I've been hearing a lot of people saying, I take Mypadol to help me sleep, for example. Is that actually beneficial or is that harmful? Um, Unfortunately, I'm not aware what Mypadol is. Dr. Pawin, what's in Mypadol? Is it like, um, is it an opiate? I think... Its active ingredient should be codeine. I think it's codeine. Ah, yeah. super, super. So it's an opiate, yeah. So um, that habit of taking Mepredo or opiates is as similar as taking alcohol before bed, okay? They, are, they, they, they both have uh, sedating effects. And yes, you can sleep, but they have a huge potential for dependence. So instead of just solving your sleep, you end up developing an addiction. And you, that way you won't be helping yourself. So in terms of problems with sleep, I would advise people to go to a professional who prescribes something. If they do prescribe something for you, they can monitor it and give you a certain time frame to avoid addictions. Because if you just, uh, I know that sometimes people get things off of the counter and just continue taking them and develop um, addictions, or maybe they put a relative in the health sector who can get those things for them. If you are not seeing anyone, the, the, the harm, there's a, there's a great risk of developing addictions, and that won't do you any good in the long run. Okay. Um, I think this has been a very informative. I think the last thing that I, um, you had also mentioned exercise. One question I would have is for those who might not be able to exercise, um, maybe they, they are differently abled or they have an injury, what alternatives they, can they use to get that um, serotonin? And what's that? You said cannab- cannabinoids. I thought cannabinoids were, were drugs. Uh, cannab- no. Endocannabinoids. No. Yeah. Endocannabinoids. Yeah. Endo- mm-hmm. endo- yeah. The key term is endo. Yeah, hey, exactly. The endo, exactly. The endocannabinoids. How do we get those if we can't exercise regularly? Okay. Um, well, I wouldn't want to say that there are people who can't exercise. Yes, I know it's true, but sometimes uh, people are fear too much. I would advise everyone healthy or with a problem or a disability to go to their doctor and they or their physiotherapist who can tailor make an exercise plan for them. You may, let's say you are disabled in that you have one leg, but you do have another leg and it's got arms. There you can do weights or some forms of body weight exercises. And let's say your disability is, um, maybe something is wrong with your lungs. Maybe you have problems with exertion. Well, for those ones, yeah, I do agree. It can be difficult. But for some, if it is treatable or, uh, or if it's a 
something which uh, is only occurring in the short term, your doctor can sort of uh, make a plan for you, like the best ways for you to exercise. But if you can't exercise at all, there are breathing techniques which help. Uh, various forms of breathing techniques, deep breathing. It's not shallow breathing, mind you. Deep breathing in, maybe hold your breath for a few seconds and a deep breath out, uh, repeating that cycle. Uh, and whilst you are doing that, maybe you are also uh, visualizing a happy place or, you know, um, visualizing something good in your mind, you know, imagery that helps to relax you and to take a lot of um your mind okay uh wow um i think for the sake of brevity because we'd love to have you back there's so many more other topics we could discuss um and we know you're you're a very busy person so we don't want to keep you too long um this was amazing i don't know dr dr poweni oh sorry dr nirai see I'm 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 still too formal is there anything that um i missed um that that you'd love the doctor to touch on No, I think she covered a lot. I think what is actually very interesting is her 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 touching on how technology is causing insomnia and you know just reminding people the importance of keeping your your um your gadgets away. But yeah, she was very holistic. I really like that. I like the fact she talked about food, you know, that's that's up my alley. So food, sleep, exercise. And I think if we keep reminding people that your mind is affected by what you eat and and sleep and all of that i think it's it, it, it's good wisdom that we continue to remind people of definitely so thank definitely you. thank yeah. thank you so much so um dr nis where can people get hold of you where can they find you if they would in fact do you see do you see like walk in patients or uh, or do they require a certain level of reference um to get to you um oh, okay uh well I do see walk-in patients quite a lot. Um, I think especially because of the drug and alcohol abuse, when people come, usually they actually know that they have problems. Yeah. So I do see a lot of walk-in patients. And you can uh, find me in Milton Park, number 19 Divine Road, Milton Park. Um, Funny enough, I used to, we, yeah. Dan and I used to live on Divine Road, small world. Very many years ago, we used to live. Oh. Just, we used to live on. I won't. I won't shout out the the address, but shout out to our old landlord Jacob. We used to live on Divine Road. Yeah, small world indeed. <laughs> small world indeed. Oh, they can get in touch with me on uh, my phone number, my work number, on zero seven one double two five double two four five okay wonderful thank thank you so much and uh we hope uh to have you back we do want to discuss um alcohol and drug abuse um because i think that's another very important topic but there, like i said there's so much information that you were gleaning we, we don't want to um end up with an hour-long episode but definitely we would love to have you back and thank you so much for your time we appreciate it okay thank you for having me no, thank you and of course Dr. Nyerai why don't you plug where can people find you they can find me at Wired to Love and Thrive or Sage Restorative Health um, 
but happy to be part of this conversation. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, that's it, guys. And once again, don't forget that Mental Wellness Mondays is brought to us by Bon V Medical Aid Scheme. Um, you can get hold of them by going to twobroketwimbles.com forward slash Bon V to see how they are supporting mental health in Zimbabwe and how you too can get um, your mental wellness in check. So thank you so much to Bon V for supporting us. And thank you, doctors, for joining us this evening. Really appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Dr. Anesu. Yes, and that was my interview with Dr. Anesu. Uh, thank you to her for her time. Today, we also have a, a special voice note um, from a man named uh, Tinotenda Mugu. We we're actually trying to get him on the show, but sadly, network was not allowing. So we had to send in a voice note instead. And this is his testimony and his testimony sounds very formal. It's 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 more like a, a chat, basically a, a detailing of, of what he went through and how he overcome some of his mental health struggles. So without further ado, here's Tino. Hello, my name is Tino Tendamgu. Um So personally, uh, I underwent one of the worst times of my life uh, in 2016. Um, I lost my mother, who had been sick for quite some time. So the following year, in 2017, I had to to go to school. I was beginning my studies, my A-level studies. So when I went to school, uh, I kind of didn't have anyone who I could connect to. It was weird, new environment, meeting new people. So um, I kind of turned out. You know, trying to deal with the situation of new faces, trying to deal with um, the loss of a mother was difficult for me. So I um, I turned all my emotional pain and transferred it to become physical pain. So when I did that, I kind of felt good. It was relaxing in a way. So it wasn't soon after that I'd started doing that, that uh, my mind started having a lot of thoughts. One of those thoughts was um, to kill myself. So I did try to kill myself. It wasn't very easy, you know, but as someone who, who had accustomed to turning all of my emotional pain into physical pain, I just transferred all my emotional energy and I did try. So the person who found me was um, my best friend's younger sister. She found me. I just cut my, my wrist. And um, she gave me a pep talk. One of the best pep talks I ever had in my life, actually. So she told me about um, how many people still wanted me alive. How many people who still wanted me to be there. So for the time being, it was danger averted for, for quite some time. So I kind of tried to make sure that I was around people. Who, who would always be making noise so that I'd shut myself out. So when I finished my 
A-level studies, everything wasn't as good as I would expect, but it was okay. Then uh, when I started working and I started living alone, uh, I started experiencing that depression again. Started having anxiety attacks all of a start, all of a sudden. Uh, I had voices in my head. Uh, they would tell me from time and time again to to take my own life. So it was it was getting stronger and stronger, and um, I was failing to to keep to keep up. And um, I did seek help. I uh, I wrote in one of my WhatsApp statuses that um. I then one of my friends, very old childhood friends, actually reached out and asked me what what was wrong. Uh, I told her. Then she in, she actually connected me with one of her friends, who then connected me to Dr. Nyarai Paweni. And uh, from then on, I started talking to to the good doc. She actually gave me some advice and, you know, I started opening up to her. She helped me a lot. It's more like she is my personal therapist, so to say. Therapy has always been good. I've been actually connected to a number of therapists, one of my other friends connected me to one other therapist who actually gave me a very good idea that opening up may not be the worst thing ever. It is good to open up. Tell people your problems. It's not easy having a problem which you can't talk about. So in my case, what really was depressing me was the fact that my dad had actually forced me to go into A-level studies when I when I felt I wasn't ready. So I couldn't tell him that I didn't want to go to school. It would have sounded a bit rude. And I couldn't tell him that I wasn't ready yet. I couldn't tell him that I wasn't over my mom. So I kind of went through the whole process of going to school, doing everything alone, without help. So it wasn't that easy for me. So in in my own case, it was it was the source of my problem could be the one person who could help me, but I couldn't tell him that he was the source of my problem, even though he he did ask me many times if I was okay. When I wasn't, I just said I was trying to hide the pain, trying to hide the emotion that was behind it because I just couldn't man up enough to tell them that I was suffering deep down inside. So therapy actually helped me. Opening up to someone else about a certain problem which you can't deal with is actually good. I feel good. One of the therapists told me that I have to have my own personal mantra.
like a, a phrase that whenever I feel low, I have to say. So I've been doing that, and it's been helping me quite a lot. I do have I do have moments that I feel very low, and I feel like I need help. But thanks to the therapist, I actually do talk to them when I feel low and I need help, and um, it's been good. It's like when you don't talk to someone, you have a, a very huge weight in your heart. And when you actually do talk, you feel very relieved. You feel the burden lifting, so to speak. So I encourage anyone who's going through the same scenario that I went through in life, whereby the source of your own problem is the only person who you you, you have to talk to, to just maybe seek therapy. It's a very good way because you can't tell someone, maybe your parent, that they're the source of your depression. I know I couldn't. Maybe someone can, but I know I couldn't because it just didn't sound right to me. And considering the way we grew up, we grew up having to respect our parents. You know, whenever you had a problem, you could tell the minor problems. But those deeper problems, you had to tell like aunts and uncles and the sort. So I didn't have a mom to talk to. And I couldn't as well talk to my father. And all of the people that were close to me could never understand what depression is. Considering the society I grew up in. One person, you might tell them, I'm feeling depressed. And the person would say, what's that? That's a a white man's disease. Black people don't get depressed. That's society that we're living in. But many people are are depressed. And many people do kill themselves because of depression. So I do advise those who are feeling down, feeling low, to seek therapy as soon as possible before you do something drastic. Big thanks to Dr. Nesu and Tino for their contributions to this week's episode of Mental Wellness Mondays. Don't forget, Mental Wellness Mondays is brought to you by Bon V. Head on over to twobroketwimbles.com forward slash Bon V for more information about how they're supporting mental health in Zimbabwe or catch them on social media. That's Bon V Medical on all platforms. Thanks, guys. <laughs>